talking about uh, the combine in Indianapolis. And Jake, when was the last? Did you you've been at the combine before, right? I've not. I've never traveled to those. So I started obviously in like 2018, and uh, I've never had the opportunity. We got pregnant that year, my wife and I, and then couldn't go to that. Porter was born right around the time the nine the 18 stuff happened. Then in 19. I cannot remember why I didn't go in 19 off the top of my head, but I didn't go. And then 20, the pandemic. And I just haven't wanted to go this year. She's pregnant again. So it's like, eh, you know, Jeez, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. We're ways out still. It's August, but yeah, we're excited to get Porter a little, little sibling. Still congratulations are definitely do. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at the schedule here. It looks like, uh, they're done with, uh, you know, you said you were watching Wilson there. They're done with the QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends after today, right? Yeah, so they're doing on-field drills right now. Uh, they have all tested what they're going to test while they're there. They're, yep, they'll yeah. be packed up and head out. And then uh, tomorrow, offensive line, running backs. Saturday, D-line, linebackers. And then f- Sunday. Defensive backs, kickers, fucking kickers. Browns need a kickers. kicker. They need a kicker and a punter. They, they have yeah. neither of them right now. Neither of them. If you can't think to all eyes on Cleveland, little uh, cold open here to, tonight with the great Jake Burns of the OBR and the OBR film breakdown. Uh, we are just catching up here. We, you know, it's uh, it's been a minute. We, you know, we did our crossover pre uh, game previews. I hope you guys enjoyed those all season long. And me and Jake haven't talked in a minute here, and we're just gonna kind of talk here for a few minutes about all all the goings on as this uh, we approach the league year here, Jake and. Uh, you know, Baker's people meeting with the Browns people today in Indianapolis, right? Did you mm-hmm. did you see all that stuff? Yeah, I think they met with a lot of different representative groups there. That that's the thing that people don't know about the combine, Brad. Is obviously it is it is about getting all these prospects in one place and getting interviews and combine numbers and measurements and all of that. That's all part of it. But it is the official kickoff, whether the NFL wants to outwardly say it, of of the the league year. I mean, like we got guy, you sure. got agents coming in from everywhere. You got GMs there talking to them, head coaches talking to them. They met with a bunch of representatives from uh, guys they are making key decisions on. So you will start to see stuff picking up uh, in terms of decisions that are being out there and talked about or guys feel disrespected for a contract offer or whatever. You know, like Mac Wilson's Twitter feed tonight is all scrubbed of Cleveland Brown stuff. Like it's pretty clear that's going. But like uh, that's what happens. Yeah, they're meeting with a lot of representatives, kind of laying the groundwork for what these deals might look like or decisions might look like. And, you know, so the first it's the tampering before the tampering. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the pre tamper tamper. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just meetings galore. Right. And they're meeting even with some of their own players like we talked about Mm -hmm. and and you know, letting people know, like, uh, you know, Mary uh, K. Cabot, I guess, reported today that the Browns let uh, Higgins know that they are ways, right? I think mm-hmm. I read that. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure other meetings just like that went on. It sounds like the same thing for Ronnie Harrison. You mentioned uh, Mac Wilson. 
who is very transparent on his Twitter feed. Probably the most <laughs> transparent player in the NFL with uh, what there. he's feeling. Yeah. So, the most online you know, team in football, Brad. That's what I say. They're all <laughs> online all the time. It's kind of annoying. It is. I don't like it at all. Um, two press conferences this week, Barry Stefanski. Neither of them, to me, said anything of significance, which is fine. I think Let me ask you this, Brad. I'm going to interrupt you again. Why yeah. do we get upset with this? Why? Why? Why do people care, bro? Like, why? What? Like, I got. I get. I these these grumpy people about like, why? Well, I, w- I wish you would open up and say more. Well, like, what? What are you talking about? What do you? What do you want him to say? Why would you well, want your GM and head coach to publicly air either issues or decisions? What are you? What's to be gained? What are you doing? Like, why do you mm-hmm. care? They've clearly shown in two years, three years now that they've been here. We're going on three, Brad. Time flies. Why would you? Why? Wh- they're they are who they are. They're, they're not no. changing. Why are you expecting something different? Yeah, and that's just what I was gonna say. Is which I have no problem with because to me that's doing your job. Do it. They that is what you're supposed to do. You should not be revealing anything. You should be playing everything you can close to the vest. And people that are complaining about that don't ultimately understand what's in the best interest of their football team, which is for these guys to go up and not say anything. The guy, I, I heard the same thing. Somebody complaining about, oh, Chris Ballard doesn't do that. He was talking about this and that and this and the other. I don't care. When Hugh Jackson was here and he said everything under the sun in every press conference, I hated it. I wanted him to shut up and stop talking about so much. These guys are doing their job. Coach speak, whatever it is, all the, you know, they use all the the sayings, right? And all the all the coach speak in the world. That's fine. That's what that's what they should be doing, Jake. They should be playing close to the vest and, and towing the line and not showing anything. Not showing any cards. Say what you need to say and that's it. It's just it's clear that like they're not they're not going to do things the way you expect them to do things, right? Like they're not – I don't know. I, my expecta- – life's about expectations. I say this all sure. the time. If your expectations are off, that's on you. You see what a person is or how they handle themselves, and then you adjust accordingly. If you're going into conversations about the football organization of the Cleveland Browns, you will get little tiny increments of information from both guys every now and again. But they're not, he's not going to go in, and he's not going to have he's not going to he's not going to throw Baker under the bus really vehemently. Uh, Kevin, I'm talking about. He's not going to he's not going to blame no. people, and he's going to take blame. It's my fault. You know, we got to play better as a group. We got to do this better. We got to. Th- if you want him to give away that stuff, that's not going to happen. Andrew Barry's not going to give away philosophical information about thought processes around the draft. They just don't do that. And if that bothers you, that's a you problem. There's yes. nothing about the bottom line of the franchise changing because Kevin didn't say something or Andrew Barry didn't say something in a press conference for Christ's sake, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, why do you care that much? Other than it maybe impacts your writing personally, I guess. I don't know. Like, if you're somebody who wants, like, it's just, it's just, it's 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 an amazing thought process to me. So I don't know. Anyway. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more with you. You're absolutely right. No, absolutely right. Very well said. Um, The one thing out of everything I guess we can sort of talk about. Uh, to me, it's a non-issue, but for some people, it is an issue. And let me ask you, I don't know how you feel about this, Jake. Stefanski is going to call plays again. I figured that's how it would be, and that's kind of how I want it to be. Do you have an issue with that? 
No, it's it's his ship. He was hired because he calls plays in a system yes. that is it, it, the the play calling was not was not and it was, okay. It was not perfect, but it could have it could have been a little it could have been a little better. But that was not the crux of the issue last year. So sure, if you're still on the boat that you think the play calling from Kevin Stefanski is the issue. Then you live in a hole like you don't understand football. And I don't mean to be disrespectful with that. I'm just telling you, you don't see it the way that it needs to be seen which is it was a it was an execution from the top down issue and i'm not going to really delve into a lot of it the quarterback play metrics speak for themselves they, yep. they did not catch the football as consistently as they needed to and they were beat up at the tackle positions so like i'm not just i'm not gonna blame kevin like i think he's a fine play caller got no issue with it if you have an issue with it i think that's a massive again a massive you problem don't think it's a yeah. kevin issue yeah, me, me neither. Uh, I like Kevin Stefanski a lot. You know, I think they will, if anybody is going to be hard on themselves about the play calling, it's going to be him because he's yeah. a perfectionist. And he's going to, they're going to self-scout, they're going to self-evaluate this whole offseason. And, and uh, you know, they need to make changes probably to broaden what they do a little bit and, 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 and go further depth wise into what they do a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think the depth part of it is key, right? Like I think that's a huge aspect of this, Brad, and they're going to, they're going to address it. Let, let me throw it back to you. What do you think? I'm interested in what you think, and then I'll kind of go off what you say. About scheme wise. Yeah. I'm interested in your perspective on it. I mean, I, yeah, I say I, uh, yeah, I think they did a lot of, you know, I, I, I did think he got away from the run at times, but I think, you know, like people say, and, and that's a common theme, right, that he gets hammered. But at the same time, Jake, I think a lot of, a lot of what we needed the Browns to do is, as, you know, we can look at the season as a whole now a little bit, at times they throw to run this year right like they yeah. needed to throw to open up the run because that's how they were being defended and and i don't think i think some people don't understand that like the they had to try to open and they and they weren't able to do that successfully at times and that was a, a big part of the problem is they couldn't loosen up that defense because the pass game wasn't good enough and not really to the scheme's fault, I don't think, but more, as you said before, execution's fault. But I would like to see them certainly, year three, do some different things. And I just think that natural progression that every offense should go through change some things and more wrinkles and more of the same, but also some different because there's tape out there that everybody's going to see and everybody's going to adjust and you have to have the answers to that so and i think there should be a base for that in the off season the off season, a huge self-evaluation period in my opinion and, yes it's the single biggest one you'll ever have you know yes yeah so, so. If offensively scheme wise i think yeah there needs to be some changes but i don't i don't think they should that Kevin calling the plays is the problem. I, I think that they need to make some changes, but not wholesale changes, just wrinkles, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Keep evolving. You know, as your personnel gets uh, better, keep hopefully evolving. at those positions in this offseason, they will use different uh, uh, formation groupings. They'll use personnel groupings. They'll, you know, you can only do as much as you can with what you have. And you, you, <laughs> it's just funny, like, the amount of failure they had from quarterback this year, it's so hard. You had to call so often, Brad, you had to call the perfect play at the perfect time. And it's pretty much whatever the scheme was going to open was ultimately the yards that were going to be gained. It did not get many such situations this year where the performance from the player went above and beyond what the yards were to be expected based mm-hmm. on the initial offense and defensive outcome. They need guys more guys like Nick who can change the outcome of a predetermined thing, right? The yep. guys who are Jim, like the, the old phrase, right? Like the Jimmys and Joes, right? You need more of those. The, yep. Those are the guys who make the plays that end up creating outside of what a, a scheme has given you the ability to get out of it, right? Because a lot of that stuff is is just right call, right time. But you can yep. have the right call, wrong time, and your quarterback or your, your wide receiver can make a man miss. Your quarterback extends the play and, and creates a shot downfield. Or your running back forces a missed tackle. Like, you know, it's just you got to have – they got to create explosives. I've said it all offseason. Yeah. It's my theory for them. If they don't find a way to create more explosives, it ain't happening. So, And, and when you don't do that, and then when, when there is an off-schedule playmaking, right, uh, then the microscope – the scheme and the play calling becomes that much more uh, because that's the only thing producing, right? People want to blame coaches. They don't want to blame players. They they always will because that's the thing. That guy's just standing there. He's just standing there, and I've done a form of this. I've played a video game. I've done X, Y, Z. I can call (laughs) plays. Like, I'm serious. There's an element to that, Brad. Like everybody who cares about football for the most part, some people have never played it or no desire or no care for video games. I guess I don't know why you like the sport that much then if you're around that age, but like everybody has a take on play calling. It's the least understood thing in sports. I would argue is the singular, most overconfidently discussed without knowing what the heck goes into it. And you fully understand with what your brother does. People have no idea how hard it is to do what you need to do in a 40-second play clock, get it effectively prepped in pregame and and, and practices, and then execute it without forgetting things, without, you know, talk to, I guarantee if we brought your brother on right now, he would tell you the best offenses he's ever had are kids at, at Westland there who are above and beyond the scheme, who can create, who can make things happen. That's how an offense goes. It just is. It's still, Brad, at the core of it. You're playing football, and you, you you break a tackle. You run away from somebody. That's what it is at its core. Scheme can put you in good positions. You guys got to take it to the next level. It, it is, and he said exactly that this year. You know, we were talking about how he had a good, they had a good quarterback this year, and he said, man, it, it's just so much fun to call plays this year because the, the kid that yeah. I'm calling for, just he just makes plays, right? And I've been in situations where I'm calling plays, and I'm like, I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing. I can call the perfect play at the perfect time, and it can be right, and it could be, oh, we got a cover two beater called right here. I love this call. You don't get the block. The quarterback yeah. overthrows it. The ball gets dropped. And it's like nobody knows that I just made the perfect play call, right? They don't know that. They just see that that issue happened, and then they see us at the end of the game with 14 points, and who are they blaming? Me. So, you know, it's just a, it's a tough life, man, of a, of a play caller in the NFL. 
It is. So I'm so ultimately I'm, I'm glad that he's keeping that responsibility because ultimately I think that's kind of what he was brought here to do. I I know he he's better big big picture than maybe you know I first realized uh, when he first got hired. I, I will say that 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 I you know his his approach I like for the most part his even keeled mm-hmm. you know approach, but. And, and his, you know, listening to him talk to the team and stuff like that. And, and the glimpses that we've seen, I, I like what I've seen from him as a leader. But ultimately, he was kind of brought here to run the offense, call the offense. So I would like him to stay in that position. You talked about explosives, right, as your theme. Do you want to see them go – I mean, their offense was – Ex- unbelievably deficient at at getting the ball to the wide receiver position, right? And we know they have to remake that room. Do you want to see changes that way, Jake? Like more emphasis on the wide receiver, or are you okay with the same personnel and things like that, but just you know, uh, getting getting better players in place? I, I mean, I don't think there's any denying they need better. They need better players in the perimeter. They just they need them. Sure. If if Kevin Stefanski had better wide receivers, he'd play better wide receivers. He'd play them more often. It's just it's just simple. It's very simple. Okay. So like yeah. to me, uh, you know, the whole the, I just got off this conversation with some some Twitter Spaces that are out there. If you're interested in that kind of thing, but like if if you're gonna sit here and tell me this guy who's a pretty intelligent human being was dropped into the Cincinnati Bengals locker room. You think he'd run 13 personnel with that offense? Come on, man. That, Get him some wide receivers that matter. He'll play yep. them. That He'll play them. So, you know, like, that's the thing. It's pretty simple to me. doesn't have to be rocket science. Look mm-hmm. at the personnel. In Minnesota, he had two very, very good receivers, and then he had two pretty good tight ends. He did not have a good third receiver, and he had a fullback, C.J. Ham, who's pretty good. So they played a lot of 12 and a lot of 21, got their best players on the field. I think with... There's some argument to be made about Austin Hooper, maybe, but the wide receivers were so bad and so inconsistent that you know I can't complain. I can't. I really can't complain. Now they got to get better there, and I think he'll evolve. The wide receiver options are abundant. They're out there, Brad. They can pick their flavor. I'm not going to sit here and be a guy who tries to predict it, who tries to say I would pick this guy, that guy, or the other. I like guys that I like. Certain guys I like more than others, but we're going to see what they value at the position. That's what we're going to figure out. Do they want a speed guy? If they want a speed guy who can lift defenses, you got Chris Olave. You got yes. Jamison Williams. That's what they yes. do. They're going to run away from people. They're going to create throws to be caught downfield. If you want a guy who does a little bit more of everything, right? Garrett Wilson sitting there, create some separation. It's got a good Stefan Diggs comp. We'll run routes at different levels of the field and create after the catch. If you want a big guy who's got inside outside versatility, creates after catch with broken tackles, good yak yards, good good numbers against press coverage. Drake London, the youngster out of UCL or USC who's 20 years old is your guy, big body guy, 6'4", 220. You know, Traylon Burks, if you want to try to recreate a version of Debo Samuel, if that's your flavor, like that's what you want, a little bit of carries out of the backfield every now and again, some some creativity, he's a dude. He's a big body guy. He can run and he can do some different things in your offense. So we're just going to see, Brad. I don't, you know, we got to see what they like. I'm always more interested in the in the press conferences nobody seems to care much about, which is the post-press conferences of these picks. I learn infinitely more from listening to the reason they came to the decision they made, and that's the one that people don't care about. So all they want to talk about is, well, what are, what are they going to do? Well, what did they do and why did they do it? Because that's going to give you indicators on why they did the thing they later did, right? So Absolutely. Like, that's the thing. That's, to me, my thing. So like, 
pick it. Whatever you want. You want speed? Uh, you know, then go sign a bigger body slot guy like Juju in free agency. If you want a guy to yeah. to be a, a Russell Gage type in free agency who can do a little bit of everything, then then you can go draft your burner. You can go draft Olave or Jahan Dotson or somebody like that, or or or, or play the patient game with Jamison Williams, or you know, it just solve it. There's so many ways to solve this, so solve it. Agreed. Do you have a favorite though? Despite what the Browns like, do you have a favorite out of all those guys you just described what they do best? Yeah, I like like Garrett Wilson. It's a good question. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. I I like the complete part of his tape that uh, I'm into. Um, Interesting. I've always liked him. He's he's a good explosive athlete. He runs pretty well. He's got the full package. I really like the player. Um, I really like Drake London. I I just uh, I see a lot of young Denver Brandon Marshall in him. Like I, I, I see a form of a better player of Michael Pittman who came out two years ago. From USC, ironically enough, went in 34th pick in the draft. I think he's a better version of that player who just jumped off for a thousand yards last year and eight touchdowns in Indy with Carson Wentz. You know, so accomplishment. Yeah. So I like that guy. He has inside out versatility. He's a good quarterback for the types of throws Baker Mayfield likes to throw. I could definitely see him at 20 years old still at the draft as it turned into the summer. He's still 20, uh, super young. And if he tests well at his pro day, he didn't test at the combine today because he's still getting that ankle back to 100% that he broke last year. Like, if he tests yeah. well, then I'm in. Like, I, they're, they're, those are my two guys. I can get down with any of them. Like, there's a lot of guys. Like, Khalil Shakir ran a 4.35 from Boise. He's a late guy. Sky Moore ran a 4.39 from Western Michigan with a great route tree and good quickness. Like, Alec Pierce, the Cincinnati kid, who's a big-bodied 6'3", 200 kid, 220, or sorry, 210, Runs a four three three with a forty inch vertical. Uh, it's like there's a bunch of guys, man. David Bell there didn't is. test really well, but a fun player on tape. There's there's just a, a a bunch of different guys to get behind to take two in this draft and and still feel uh still feel like you can go get a name or two in free agency if you want to as well. Yeah, there's guys there I like too in free agency. There's guys there that I like too to fill in that room. You know, no matter how you want to fill it roles wise, right? Like you got a guy, you want to fill the roles that you need in that wide receiver room, depending on what they do with Jarvis. And I feel like you said they have lots of options in how they can do that. I think it's smarter to try to get your number one in the draft, obviously, than pay for him in free agency. So I think that's the only thing I feel firmly about is that you shouldn't go after a number one and pay him a ton of money in free agency. That just never seems to work out, Jake. Yeah, I don't like spending big money on these guys. I don't. I'm yeah. not interested, and in, I'm I'm very very fringe interested in DJ Shark and Christian Kirk. Very yeah. fringe interested. I'm not even in on Allen Robinson. Not really even in on the guys at the top of the list. Uh, I just it's not my flavor, man. I don't think those results typically yield very positively. So. I'm yeah. uh, I'm I'm very much in the mid ground mid to low tier of of wide receiver free agent. Uh, you totally know, think agree. like Cedric Wilson. I mentioned Russell Gage. There's some others out there that I can't even think of off the top of my head. Uh, it just just not trying to recreate my wide receiver room through uh, through through free agency. I will get some names. I'll bring in some baseline players because you have to do that. You cannot go into the draft needing two guys you think are going to be immediate impact guys but uh yeah i I don't i don't want to see them going crazy there i'd rather spend money on interior d-line and another edge probably um i like michael gallup a lot and i wanted them to he was one of the guys like during the year does that injury scare you off him yeah i'm out on anybody who's got serious injuries like godwin and, and and gallup i just don't think they have the ability to be patient i just think they're way too pressing a need to get explosive on offense and 
I just don't. It's hard love to the, give money. To, it. Yeah, it's hard to give money to a non. They're just in an out situation. If they were going to get a guy last year to kind of plan ahead, and not even because the injury happened, but to just like get out in front of where the wide receiver room will shift to, and they could be patient in this scenario. So like if Jarvis and Odell were coming back, and we all knew that, and they signed Gallup, and they said, okay, well Gallup might be back for the last five, six, seven games of the year. And then we have them in perpetuity going forward. Yeah, totally see that, understand. But they need guys now. They cannot wait around. Do you have a preference of how they handle Jarvis here? Do you, are you done with him? Do you feel like that's pretty much dead and gone? Or would you like to see them attempt to restructure? And, or do you not care at all? Uh, I am good on on everything Jarvis. Really appreciate his time here. Really appreciate. Listen, I I think both sides would benefit from it. I appreciate his time here. Appreciate the culture atmosphere he brought with him. Uh, I know culture triggers some people to say it that way, but I do think he has an aura about him that helped the Cleveland Browns when he arrived. And I like I I like everything he did. Shit's contagious, bruh. Bruh. Shit's contagious. Yeah. Well, anyway, like you know, to me. (laughs) I think he could use a fresh start. The Odell situation, he was in the middle of it. As, as a, this is my dude. This is my team. Uh, there's That's tough. He he was done with media sessions midway through the year. And, yeah, I just – listen, he doesn't he's, – he's a nice player and seemingly accounts a great person. Just he's not worth $16 million. And I don't want to – he thinks he's always worth more than what he is. And sure. he's going to demand the money. And I uh, restructure is just not – in it for me i'd rather take 16 million even if you tried to restructure them down to like 12 or 11 or 10 i'd rather take that and get two players that's just that's just me i'm just good like i I don't see him being a gigantic difference maker he doesn't you get older as a guy who doesn't have elite athleticism or explosion and you lose what you have it's it's, he's not going to age gracefully he's just not right and it's it's hard to see this the it's hard to see this front office doing you know as much as i have a soft spot in my heart for him uh, you know, it's hard to see this front office taking a, you know, trying to restructure with a guy his age coming off an injury, right? You know, a banged up year, seeing we're seeing a, a decline. I think you're right. Both sides would probably prosper. And, and $16 million, uh, you can do a lot with $16 million in free agency. So Yeah, yeah. That's three uh, players and, there. Good, yeah, decent and, players. And with your own guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of our own guys, let's talk real tight ends real quick before we get out of here, okay? Um, yeah. You have a preference on what they do with David and Joku? I'm looking at Spot Track here. They have him at six point seven million per year. That seems a little. You think he'll? Ask, I think he'll ask for more than that. Probably, but um, I would guess the franchise tag is right about ten five. Hooper's number's ten five. I'm all in on getting rid of Hooper. I, I don't have any you desire are. to see him back. Even though I know you okay. take three three and a half million cap hits over this year and the next two after, your cap savings if you go post June one are enough to justify moving on. That I'm just I'm good. I'm just good. I don't want those targets being forced to a guy who who doesn't catch it consistently and does not create any separation beyond the means of what the scheme allows him to create. Uh, he doesn't yeah. block as well as you need a guy to to even justify. He's making ten five. I mean, he's at like the six seven. He's like maybe the seventh base paid tight end APY. Like he's behind the two that they just signed in New England for twelve and a half at Johnu and Hunter Henry. But then it's like it jumps up from those two all the way to fourteen, which is like Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard, and then Kittle and uh, Kittle and Kelsey. So like 
that number is is a bit high for either of those guys, but I think Njoku will play his worth is at that number because that's where the tag number is. And, like, if you go much lower, you start to get into dangerous territory. Like, the tight end market is like, okay, these are the dudes, and then, oh, okay, it falls off real quick, like, with what it is. So I would love David at, like, an eight number, like an eight number for three years, but he's going to demand ten, and I don't know if that's there. That They could transition tag him for a year, let him go test himself out on the market, see if somebody else is willing to pay him and match it, uh, and say, hey, we'll give you the transition, which is, like, eight and some change, I think. So... We'll see. We'll see what it shakes out. I like him to be here. I, th- I like the player. He's still young. He's going to play this year, I think, at 26. Still young. Coming yeah. into his own. Needs more targets. Needs more opportunity. We'll see what shakes out. But I'm I'm out on Hooper. I'd like to replace him with either a low-end free agent or a draft pick and have David and Harrison Bryant be your returning guys there. And then you get Steven Carlson comes back, too, from the knee injury as well. That's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree. You know, Hubbard, or Hubbard, why? I don't know why I said Hubbard. Uh, Hooper, Hubbard, Hooper, both of them likely gone. But yeah, what, a dead cap of 11.2. He would be a cap hit of almost, what, 13.5. So you end up saving a couple million dollars, but it's Are you looking post-June 1? You got to make sure you designate it. So, like, if you go to over, over the cap for Hooper... It is. Yeah. Uh, if I was just looking at it the other day, if you designate Hooper as a post June one, you can designate it ahead of June first. Uh, you it. can get him. You know, this year's this year's dead money, and the next two years is three and three and three quarters, so three seven five over the oh, next yeah. three years, and then he saves dead cap. Uh, oh, he happens opens up a cap savings of twenty million. Uh, sorry, nineteen million. So you know, uh, it's just a matter over of what you three, want to do there. Over three years, right? Yeah, they let him go. Now, they could trade him. I think a trade's very possible. He's still in the NFL tight end somewhere, but uh, a trade, a, a post-June 1 trade makes some sense, too, because then, you know, sure. you move off of that, and there's a, a means to him landing somewhere that the contract he has. We'll see if anybody's willing to take that contract, but we'll see. That's, I'm just good on Hooper. I, I have no desire to have him back, so we'll see whether they do yeah. that or not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's be honest. He's underwhelmed from day one, um, mm-hmm. and I don't hate what he did here, but, you know, I, at this point, they need something more there, right? They they need somebody that can separate, and especially if they're going to lean on that position uh, in, in some way, which hopefully they won't have to because, as we mentioned, all the options at wide receiver, and they should be able to remake that room well enough. Uh, last question here before you tonight. Where do you come out on Clowney? I want to just get your take your temperature on these things. Are you willing to pay this guy? I am. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll just tell you, I am willing to pay him because he's he spent a year in the offense, and uh, it, it it worked well. The defense looked top notch at the end of the year, so I would be willing to bring him back if the price is right. That's the big thing, for, how you finish. The price has year. to be right. It takes one team one getting year. crazy. It takes one team getting crazy and offering them money. You know, it takes one of 32 to say, hey, we'll give you a two years, $25 million, or we'll give you three years, $33 million. That's, that's all it takes is one team, and that could happen. Somebody could outbid for him. Uh, I would be in on a one-year deal again at the right number just because I don't want to tie myself to a guy who could still, you know, run into injury issues and all of that stuff. So, I, for Did the you most give him part, $10 million? Yeah, I give him ten. I'd, I'd be fine up yeah. to about twelve, twelve, thirteen. I could handle that for a year because it doesn't tie me down long term. So, but again, yeah. he's going to be hunting. He's going to go to whoever bids him the most uh, money, most likely. And you know, he's 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 chasing money right now. He never got the huge contract he thought he might. So he's just chasing 
the most money that's out there to maximize. And I don't blame him. You know, he still plays hard, plays really hard. So it's not about yeah. that. It's just it's 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 very much market and money for him. How do but they replace? You could multiple people, Brad. You could draft. You could draft a guy or two early rounds. There's a lot of fun pick forty four guys. There's some guys at thirteen like George Karloftis they could like, or David 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 Ojabo uh, from from Michigan. Like that's an entertaining spot. I'm not crazy about it personally, but that's an angle. But then there's guys on the market too, like uh, you know Emmanuel Ogba. If he's interested in coming back as a free agent, has had sure. a nice year last year. There's a ton sure. of guys like Arden Key. Uh, Randy Gregory, there's a bunch of like they could take a two piece angle and try to eight million a couple guys and try to do it that way and and not put themselves yeah. in, a, in a pickle. So I kind of like Key in that in the in the uh, that third uh, defensive end role. You know what I mean? I think he would look mm-hmm. good in that in that role for the Browns. But um, yeah, I, I agree. There, there's options out there. Uh, there seems to be a lack of options, in my opinion, on the interior defensive line. I think they might have to get a little more creative there. Do you think they could get creative? Maybe try to get a trade or get you know take somebody off of a deal, um, outbid somebody for a good. I mean, I mean that interior defensive line room for me on roster doesn't look really great. You know, I'm sure some guys will come along. Right, there's some young guys in that room, but. Uh, they they need to do something there uh, to sure that room up, right? Yeah, I looked at I looked at the angle in a, in a recent article uh, where I, I I tied like names that I like. Arden Key has good inside flexibility. There's some guys in the draft like Logan Hall. I like who can play three tech and bump outside. Uh, there's there's some other free agents, not big time names, but you know Fulakatu yeah. Fatakazi is a nice guy. DJ Jones is out there. I like DJ Jones from San Fran. I like. Um, the, the younger Tim guys, Settle, you like, yeah. Right? Tim, Tim Settles out there. I like him. Harrison Phillips. If he gets away from Buffalo, I don't know if that's going to happen, but he's another intriguing name. There, there's sure. an article I put up for OBR subs that has a lot of names that I that I laid out. It's not deep. It's not a great draft or free agency interior D line group. So like, get creative and may, pair up a cheaper young guy. You know, like a Tim Settle with a Calais Campbell, or veteran for a year, Keem Hicks for a year. Something mm-hmm. like that. They need to add a better player. A couple. To, I'd like them to get two IDL guys before the draft. I, I need them to do that because that market is affordable, and they can get some some guys like you know, again, like a BJ Hill is coming out of Cincinnati. So options abound there. Not anything to change your franchise's course, but enough, right? Yeah, you know, I would do- come off of even some draft capital if it meant bringing in a guy that could sure up that room like you said before the draft right uh i would like to that that situation to look much better going into the draft right because i don't think there's a ton of answers there i'm sure there's pieces there but you know with what happened with mcdowell and 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 with guys walking probably uh you have any problem with ronnie harrison out the door no no mj stewart can handle it they got see ya what what happened no, I was waving. Oh, like, oh, geez. to Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's. <laughs> I thought you were like telling me bye. I was like, oh, damn, Brad. Okay. Um, you know, oh, like yeah. Ron, Ronnie's fine, but MJ's a player that came into a nice role. I think. Uh, I think he's fine there. Then you still have Delpit and John Johnson. The Count's a young guy. They think is going to get better. I think yeah. that there's some draftable options. I think there's some cheap free agents they could also be interested in. But I'm not paying. You know, Ronnie Harrison's in a one-year situation wherever he goes. I just. He can't play split high safety. He struggles with it. So, like, I'd rather have a guy who can handle that role a bit more adeptly than that. And and Grant Delpit is that guy, and they can still get flexible with their corners in the slot and all that fun stuff. Man, 
miss this, Jake. You just you are just a wealth of knowledge, and you've enlightened me so much tonight here with all of. You're so good with this draft stuff uh, and uh, roster building and all that stuff. So the answers are out there, basically, right? They just, you know, it's just the the choices they make, what they want. Um, Going to remake this wide receiver room. The other priority for me would be a swing tackle. That's a free agent move, right? Yeah, I think you could get a swing tackle. I don't want Hubbard back too injury prone. Not, no. all, too, not all too keen on that. Um, you know, that's... There's some guys out there that I like, like Cornelius Griffin is out there. There's there's guys to do that. I would like to bring one more in, not like a Kendall Lamb type role. I don't think people are all too interested in forced tackles in the NFL, but yeah, there are guys out there. I hope they go out and get one for sure. I mean, I like James Hudson. I think he's going places, but uh, he's not ready to fill it's that just, role. He can be. I just don't want to have a situation where like Hans has to to play tackle for five, six, seven, eight games. Like they need <laughs> to just add another guy. Could be a drafted guy too that they that they want to develop. So we'll see there. Okay. Okay. I like it. It sounds like a plan. I'm working on my blueprint. Blueprint. Speak English here. Uh, article. Um, and uh, so that'll be coming out at the Browns Wire. Anything to look for from you here coming up, Jake? You want to plug anything? Yeah, JOK tomorrow writing a pretty thorough breakdown film coverage of where he was last year and what his future really is. Like, what's the ceiling for this dude? So I'm going to put that up tomorrow. And then I'll do some free agent and draftable linebackers that have caught my eye over the weekend, too. So that's uh, another one. I love that. I love that. Yes, sir. Jake, it's always fun, man. I I love talking with you. And uh, this has uh, been fantastic. So go go read uh, Jake. Listen to Jake at uh, the OBR in the OBR film breakdown. Check out the JOK breakdown. Any parting words for uh, our listeners here tonight? No, no, none at all, Brad, other than to thank you for your time, man, and, and, and the opportunity that We'll continue to have. Pumped to have you with Blue Wire Fam long term. Love that. Uh, bright future, man. And uh, nothing but respect from my end. Always appreciate chatting with you. Right back at you, brother. You're the best. Uh, this has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland featuring the great Jake Burns of the OBR. Uh, for Jake, my name is Brad Ward. We are out.